0: There is a library that exists exists at the the nexus where all all other other universes universes collide. Inevitably, things wind up up there by mistake. mistake. Books, Books, artifacts, people. This is the place where things from all all universes universes end up when they they get lost. This is the Eternity Eternity Archives. Archives.
1: Welcome to the Eternity Archives, Uh, usually an actual play podcast where we play different TTRPGs while playing archivists from across multiple realities. But today we're having a special tea time episode where we reflect on our previous sessions because it is the month of our first year anniversary. Yay! Yay! Uh, My name is Bappy. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm going to just toss a question right at y'all right from the bat. So what? is everyone's favorite episode been?
2: Hi, everybody. I'm Ziva. My pronouns are she, her, and my favorite episode that we've recorded so far, and I hope that this isn't a self-serving answer, but was the Legend of Korra 13th Age episode because I had set up this very like dark fantasy environment for you all, and instead it just turned into complete chuckle fuckery. (laughs) Uh, Some of my absolute favorite jokes and bits and banter come from that episode, and y'all had me in stitches the entire time. I incredibly enjoyed it i was like no you're going through a poison swamp and there's yucky skeletons and then we were talking about like lizard ears and other nonsense and boning and yeah boning and talking in a dumpling voice the whole time yeah yeah that's one of my favorites and then
1: i brought dumpling (laughs) i think it's funny that in retrospect it's like yeah it's a dark fantasy and then that was the arc we introduced dumpling so i'm very sorry (laughs) for that
2: (laughs) i loved it i thought it turned out great
1: Hi everyone. I'm Dorka.
0: My pronouns are she/her. Um my favorite episode, I guarantee I've listened to every episode way more than everyone else here because I have to edit them. And so honestly, like my favorite episodes are the ones that I got to do like the coolest sound design in. I'm thinking like the 3rd episode of the Monster of the Week arc is a really good one for me. There's just like a lot of cool music and sound effects in that one. And also the 2nd episode of the lancer arc i got a lot of really good music and sound in that one some really good like mecha ambience since i do the editing i love all the sounds and music which is a good thing because if i didn't love it i would go crazy <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> thanks for taking one for the team
1: <laughs> and, yes and then we would no longer have a podcast because our editor went insane I think my favorite episode so far, I don't know if maybe this is also a self-serving response, but the last Henshin one, I like that one just because I'm a slut for like corruption trope, like dark AU versions of people. So being able to, I mean, spoiler alert, but I think it was heavily implied play that like possibly evil rail there, um, was, was fun. And also I like the Lancer twist as well with like the dark Desi. That was, that was really neat too.
2: So on that note, talking about favorite episodes, um, we talked a little bit ahead of time and compiled some specific discussion questions that we wanted to use to kind of guide our reflection on this uh, retrospective. And so let's go ahead and talk about what's everyone's favorite scene that we've done. I guess I'll go ahead and start again. I hope this isn't self-serving, but I think well, I guess I have two of them. So my favorite like dramatic scene was the scene in Monster of the Week where Linda and Zen fought the vines. I don't know, I feel like like the way that you let us through it, Bappy, um, genuinely freaked me out a little bit. Not like I can't sleep at night, but during it, I was like, I hope Linda's okay. I'm so worried.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I think you guys did a great job. And you know, of course, Dorka, as mentioned, does all the music and, and sound and stuff, editing that in. And she picked some really good stuff there to kind of portray that ambiance. So yeah, I mean, that scene was definitely like really, really cool to listen back to as well. Yeah, yeah.
2: It ended up really cool at the end.
0: I'm just gonna put out a shout out to Music D20, which is where I get most of my music. If you sub to their Patreon, like you get all of this music that you can use in your podcasts. That is really great. And there's like new music every week. And it seems like every week, a new track comes out that is just like, perfect for whatever I'm editing at the time. (laughs) Sometimes I'm, I'm just like spoiled for choice. But like, that one in particular, I had like a spooky forest music and also like a combat version of the spooky forest track. So that was just so perfect.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah that is very good timing. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. What about you, Dorka? What's, what's been your favorite scene so far?
0: So when we talked about this uh, ahead of time, uh, I, what I said was, as anyone's favorite scene? Not the non-lethal ranged damage <laughs> scene. <laughs> like, that
2: that one's definitely on my list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Just the end of that fight in the Dungeons and Dragons arc is still so funny to me. Like, I don't want to say we peaked in episode three, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, no. I just remember um, that was like our first recording session, and. It's the part where Rill is, like, trying to trick the tiefling woman into being, like, why- what was it? It was, like, why did you shove a banana or something in, in your you bags? Left, you left a banana
0: on her, like, in her stuff In when you yeah. stole the map.
1: Yeah, and then they were just, like, trying to be like, I didn't do that. You did that, idiot. <laughs> just, like, I remember the entire time I was, like, you can probably hear it listening back. But I was, like, trying so hard not to just, like, burst out laughing. I think I actually did, like, break down, like, laughing just, like, because it was just so stupid. And I was just, like, I don't know. <laughs> um I think... Man, there are a lot of good scenes, but yeah, like the, um, the non, just that whole Dungeon Dragons fight is, re- is really good. Um, I really like the 13th Age fight with the big skeleton man, just like that whole, I mean, it's not necessarily a scene, but it was like out of character when we're like talking about what has big bones. Yeah. <laughs> it's is like really funny. And I'm just, I don't know, There's there's been like a lot of great scenes. But you know, we are, uh, we don't have infinite time. So I can't just talk about each and every single one.
2: <laughs> yeah, not to brag, but I think we've done some pretty good stuff
1: i'd like to think so um hopefully you do as well listeners um if you actually hate it why are you hurting yourself by listening to to us
0: <laughs> if you hate our normal content why are you listening to our bonus episode it's not gonna get
1: better yeah yeah <laughs> and, and also i guess offer us some uh, critique if you want um uh, you know maybe we, we can make it better uh <laughs> no
0: we peaked in episode three yeah, we picked an yeah, episode. We've already 30. established that.
1: One more thing is, um, the episode titles, which is a you know kind of adjacent to the scenes, but how our second episode was called "Banana Stand" and then our third episode's called "Banana Standoff." I think that was Ziva's idea.
2: <laughs> it it was. I'm taking credit for that. That was a really good one. It's so
1: funny. I was just like totally forgot about that until I was like looking back to like try to remember which episodes uh, were my favorite but yeah no just yeah ziva handles kind of that mostly and we collaborate on titles but she i think takes the point
2: for most of those <laughs> i'm one of those people who always reads the notes on podcasts so i love putting goofy stuff in the titles and the little descriptions
1: yeah so uh for our next question what game ended up surprising you all
0: So for me, it was actually, I think, um, Wheel of Time. Like, I've played that game before, which is why it's weird that I was surprised by it. But like, you know, all of the preparation that we did for it, like making the character sheet, reading all the rules for it, I was just like, ugh god 3.0 like there's a reason I don't play this shit anymore but then I actually had like more fun than I expected like during the actual game and I feel like I was the only one in the discussion at the end who was like yeah I'd play this again like I don't know 3-0 3-0 keeps hurting me, and I keep going back to it, but...
1: Oh, no. Like, the people who hate our podcast but are listening to our bonus <laughs> to episode. Bonus <laughs> I feel you. Just to interject really quick, with Wheel of Time, also the scene with, like, Leda Sedai as we're, like, trying to probe her brain about, like, what the world is, uh, and we're walking and we teach her about gay people, basically. <laughs> that was also a really good scene.
2: That, that was gonna be... Yeah, that was... That's probably... Uh, that was also on the list of my of my favorite scenes that we've done uh, because Wheel of Time uh, is a very fun sandbox, but it's more of a fun sandbox if you're willing to flex it a little bit. And uh, so I really enjoyed uh, playing in that sandbox and making all of the Wheel of Time toys smooch. This is a very forced metaphor, but uh, <laughs> it was very fun to do that. I really enjoyed it both in terms of the podcast and also as a Wheel of Time fan.
1: Yeah, you did really good. Uh, What was your uh, game that surprised you the most? I
2: think for me, I would have to say Lancer. I keep talking about how much I hate grid combat because it's true. I really, really hate grid combat. Um, And I know we didn't explicitly play it grid style in Lancer, but I was pleasantly surprised by how interesting it was to play and how... Um, not painful it was to play. Reading the combat rules, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm never gonna be able to keep all of this in mind. It's gonna be a disaster." And thanks to the wonders of CompCon, um, I actually like enjoyed the combat and was able to like think and figure out what to do and like have some flexibility. And I feel like it's a game that I would enjoy if I played it a lot more over time. Like I could eventually get like good at it and have more of the stuff on the top of my head. But I was expecting it to be kind of a nightmare to play. And thanks to all of the wonderful tools from the lancer team um, i was actually able to play it without it being too much of a pain and i think that is um, really high praise for me just based on the kind of combat i like in my rpgs
0: y'all have probably like blocked it out of your mind but again from an editor standpoint like I did edit out like whole 10 minute discussions of us like looking up rules at points so gaps of silence
2: <laughs> as we're trying to
1: figure shit out
2: it was not the easiest game to play but i thought it was going to be a screaming nightmare and instead compcon was like it's okay it's going to be fun <laughs> yeah use compcon <laughs> yeah use
1: compcon yeah that's the number 2 thing you should remember about our podcast the first thing is you can't do non lethal range damage <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> uh
0: i think f- sorry go on these are the eternity archives rules for rpgs yeah yes.
1: <laughs> we'll make a po- once we get like 10 rules we'll make like, like a poster of like the 10 rules it'll be our 10 commandments of the podcast <laughs> i think the game that surprised me the most was actually 13th age because i didn't really know what it was going to be going in um i was thinking more like it was gonna be more old-fashioned kind of like D&D type stuff, which it kind of was like, I was thinking like, you know, 3.0 or 3.5. And I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. And like, even reading through the rules, I was like, this is making me angry because of how it's organized, Um, which, you know, uh, we've talked about extensively. But yeah, no, I was actually uh very surprised with how much I enjoyed actually playing 13th age, the flavor of it, you know, it's all stuff we've talked about before, but I, I just didn't had not expected to like 13th Age as much as I did. So that was a very pleasant surprise for for me at least.
0: I think the combat in 13th Age is still like some of the most fun combat we've seen.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: It was just the right balance of like fast paced, but also like getting to do a lot of stuff per turn.
1: Yeah, like the escalation die. That's such a good mechanic. Yeah, I think that's one of my favorite mechanics that we've I know it's not on our list, but I guess if off the top of your head, what has been one of your favorite mechanics that we've ran into? So
2: Escalation Die would definitely be one of mine. Um, The other one is in an upcoming episode, so I don't want to like spoil it too much, but you'll hear me talk about it in the episode and never shut up about it. So (laughs) yeah, so I guess I guess of the ones that we've listened to so far, the Escalation Die is one of my favorite because... Combat in tabletop games can get so bogged down and slow. And um, 13th Age and Escalation Die is like not on my watch. (laughs) This combat's going to be snappy. It's going to be fast. You're going to do damage. The longer it goes on, the more likely it is to have like a really satisfying conclusion. It's an excellent mechanic.
0: So for me, I think it's, well, it is the Escalation Die. But since that's been said, I'll come up with something else. In Lancer, the mechanic where you roll a d20 and um, if it's over a 10, you pass, and if it's under a 10, you fail. I think that's like just really nice and simple in a very otherwise non-simple game. But also the, um, the way that you can add advantage and disadvantage by adding or subtracting d6s. I think that's just very cool.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, maybe 13th Age is the one that we were all collectively the most skeptical about and that we also ended up enjoying the most. I think that's the most of of we flipped on a game so far out of all the ones we've played. So
1: yeah,
0: you know, I've been invited to like a couple of D&D games since we started doing this like that. I just don't have time to play in my spare time. But like every time someone's like, oh, we should play D&D. I'm just thinking, why not 13th Age instead?
1: yeah. (laughs) I've legitimately been like I wonder if I could just look at the Archmage, Mage like SRD or whatever and then just like take 5E and then just put it in the Archmage Mage engine and I don't know. We'll I don't know if that would defeat the purpose but That would be probably like my
2: ideal, like generic tabletop game. There's worlds I like better, but in terms of just like straight up, like you want to kill some um, dungeons and fight some dragons.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you know what? (laughs) I take back my answer. My favorite mechanic is the icons. The icons were very cool too. We didn't get to like do much with them, but I think like in a long form game, that would be really cool.
1: Yeah. It's one of those things we've kind of talked about before, or maybe we're about to talk about, but it's like how game mechanics can guide the narrative. And that's what icons do, because it's like in a natural flowing game, You're going to be like interacting with the big powerhouses of your universe if it's sort of like your standard high fantasy where you become big, big, cool badasses and you're frolicking with kings and queens and gods and stuff. So it's like that is naturally going to happen. But like having the icon system makes you more mindful of it and makes it more purposeful, which, you know, is always... Very cool.
0: Yeah. I just think one of the really cool things about 13th age is how the character creation process builds so many roleplay hooks right into your character.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 13th age is one of those games that like really inspires me to write my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually very slowly, but working on some um, Wheel of Time, sorry, some legally distinct <laughs> from Wheel of Time flavored Archmage supplements, because I'm like, there's so much cool shit in this universe. And also there's universes that are similar to, but legally distinct from Wheel of Time that are very cool. And I'd love to see them come together. Mm-hmm. Like I want to like draw in all these ideas. So
1: I like, I legitimately like D&D 5e. I know people might not think that because of all the like the shit talking I do on like Wizards of the Coast and stuff like that but like I don't know as 5e as a system I genuinely do like and I want to play it but it's also just like there are also things that I don't like about it that I think you know obviously other game systems do better which it, it's sort of like you know you go on a world trip to eat all these delicious foods and then you go back home and you're like yeah I want McDonald's but you're just like okay but I've had good burgers what can I do like did my metaphor fall apart I think it did but I think you all understand what I'm saying anyway <laughs> I'm <laughs> no, I following I mean yeah. like yeah yeah i get it so i don't know we'll, we'll see uh, cuz you know DD is just there's so much good supplementary materials for it and the subclasses are all really cool and you know of course all the homebrew and so it's just like can i just take that wealth of content but make it more fun
0: <laughs> i feel like DD <laughs> is like so big that it's like well it better be good yeah
1: yeah <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like i don't know maybe it's a little bland But it's like, it's cozy, it's comfy. (laughs) Okay, so for our next question, are there any behind the screen peaks that y'all planned as GMs, but like just we didn't touch on at all?
0: So I'm gonna go ahead and start right back in um, chapter one in Dungeons and Dragons. Like, I guess behind the screen peaks, like, I never expected y'all to like break into this tiefling's room and rifle through her (laughs) shit and like steal it. (laughs) But I did have, like, possibilities for, one, if you had decided to go, like, full-on murder hobo and, like, break your contact out of jail, I had plans for that. I had, actually, loot drops planned for after the um, rival adventuring party fight, but none of you, like, even thought to, like, look for loot.
1: We just wanted to kill them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then live with our guilt. <laughs>
0: that was the loot (laughs) was our guilt and also if you had not killed all of them if they had escaped and if you had killed the griffins at the top of the mountain instead of just like rushing past them to like get the egg like you were playing flag football or something (laughs) um, if you had like killed the griffins instead the adventurers would have come back and you could have like convinced them to just, like, take the orphaned griffin eggs instead and just take in your own egg.
1: Oh, that's okay. Well, we didn't kill all the adventurers. Was it the archer and the cleric or whatever? They lived, in they?
0: Yeah, but they weren't gonna come back.
1: Yeah, they were like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah.
0: And also in Lancer, I had, like, an alternate route that you could have gone down. Like, What? Yeah, I mention in the game even that there's like this construction site that's like closed off. And if you had gone there, what you would have found was um the the anomalies, like the portal that they were building. Oh shit. Oh. And that would have been guarded by, like, mind controlled people in, like, construction mechs.
1: Oh, that's fucking cool. Wait, oh, neat. The mines were different from the construction site? Was the construction site, like, was that what, like, Real was looking into with the, what was it, like, through the phone book or something? Wasn't there something about the neighborhood? It was, like, near a construction site or something like that?
0: Yeah, when you, when Rail was looking through the phone book, they saw, like, that the mines were closed, but also that, like, a bunch of traffic had been rerouted because of, like, this construction that was happening happening
1: oh shit that's cool i
0: feel it's really cool <laughs> basically when i plan games i tend to plan out like two obvious routes that are like the players gotta pick at least one of these so okay it's
1: just like looking back, it's so funny that I spend so much time like looking through this phone book and getting all this information, and I just completely disregarded the constructions. I, I, it did not even <laughs> cross my mind to go there.
0: Instead, you fixated on the barking dog, which I thought was hilarious.
1: Oh, yeah, because I was like, oh, because you know, it's like <laughs> in movies with, with like alien body snatchers, it's like, oh, the animals like know when it's not a person. So I was like, oh shit, the dog knows that they're like aliens or something like that.
0: Yeah, and that didn't even occur to me. I just (laughs) threw that out there as flavor. So...
1: Tabletop games are
0: wild, y'all. Yeah, Yeah,
2: absolutely. That's
0: all of my behind the scenes. I
2: think out of all of us, I'm like the least... Plany GM, but I'm also unfortunately the most railroady GM. Um, I try to respond on my feet, but I'm not always good at it. So sometimes y'all ask me questions, and I'm like, "Nope, don't have any information about that." When that's not always necessarily like the most natural thing to do, so I'm working on that. Uh, I'm definitely trying to polish up my GM skills the more uh, that I do it. But in both of my plots, you saw more or less like where we were generally going. In Thirteenth Age, the thief and the the halfling. So so both. I guess the thieves were originally one of them was supposed to like come with you and help you start like tracking the caravan to find your way to the swamps. But you all ended up sort of like investigating the city enough and getting the information you needed enough that I just like skipped that and just went straight to the swamp. So there was a little bit planned there with them like coming along with you for a while, which I was kind of excited about because I really liked those NPCs.
1: Those were really good NPCs. (laughs) The dark elf. I mean, like the halfling was super funny, but the dark elf was like, oh, hello, mysterious sexy stranger um (laughs) (laughs) like that wasn't real that was me but
0: (laughs) you might be the least prepared gm but i think you also have like the best npcs
2: Oh, thank yeah. you. My my comfort level is definitely, like, putting on my NPC hat and and riffing on that for a little while, less than planning the plot, which <laughs> also was the case in Wheel of Time. The two, like, white cloak soldiers that were looking for Joseph, I had, like, a whole thing planned with them, because I sort of suspected you guys were going to, like, hang around the inn longer and, like, talk to them instead of, um, I guess you all talked to, like, Zen, you, like, made friends with, like, that random guy? Yeah. Um, so I thought you were going to go talk to, like the white cloaks and not just like the random villagers. Um, so I had a whole thing where like your end fight was supposed to be the white cloaks, like coming up the mountain to confront Joseph and be like, you have to come back with us or we're going to have to kill you because you're like, you know, an abomination instead of like the Trolloc and the Merdrolls. I'm glad we ended up going with the Trolloc and Merdrolls because I think that fight was a little more challenging and also a little more like lower interesting versus just like two dudes, especially because poor Joseph had such a bad time.
0: I remember you asked us, and I did edit this out, you did ask us at one point, do you want to fight people or monsters?
2: <laughs> yeah, I was like I was really I was really on the fence about it because I was like, this like White Cloak plot is interesting and it shows more about the world and White Cloaks and I said, I really hate each other, so it's like a good chance for Leda to have a little more plot too. But monsters are much cooler to fight. And so yeah. I'm glad y'all were on Team Monster.
1: Okay, so I am Notoriously, I overplan the fuck out of everything. So I'm going to try to keep this short and streamlined. So for Monster of the Week, there was like an entire side of the story that you guys like never even fucking got to. When you went into the forest, (laughs) I had completely intended for you to keep going further and to keep following it. And unfortunately, I made it too scary and you guys ran away. But within that (laughs) forest... So the tree, the tree of sweetgrass, there is the one in the mayor's backyard, which was like an evil tree or whatever. That tree actually had like two spirits, which you, you might recognize in the scene where Linda like delves into its mind. So basically there, there's like the evil part of the tree, which was what powered the mayor. And then there was like the good part of the tree that was, had split off because of that magic ritual that stupid teenagers did. And what happened was the good part of the tree had possessed Betsy. And then, so what the good tree was trying to do was it was going to start kidnapping people to like drain their energy to build its its magical energy back up which is why mark was also missing with betsy and that's also why there were flowers like following you guys that was all the good tree trying to scope out the town and see everything and so you were supposed to go there and uh, into the forest and meet the mother tree which is what i call that npc and it was kind of like up to you guys what you would have done whether you would have teamed up with it or if you were going to consider it an enemy and then You guys completely forgo that. Like, you went and torched the mayor, which, uh, as I've said before, you guys were not meant to win that fight because the whole purpose was you were supposed to, like, in some way get, like, the mother tree to help you, like, weaken it and stuff like that. But yeah, no, you guys completely jumped over that plot point, like, entirely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, looking back when I was editing, like, knowing how it turned out and everything, like, with that hindsight, I just remember every so often Bappy's like, and you could go back to the forest <laughs> and we're just like no no we're not doing that <laughs> No, it's too scary. Bappy just sounded so tired. Like my players are going to miss this shit I had planned. And it was so funny. (laughs) Yeah. These fucking children can't get it together. They're too scared of trees.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But you know what? That's that's my my fault. I made the forest too scary. Uh, Going forward, I need to make things more enticing. And then with Henshin, holy shit, there was so much I had planned there that like we did not. There's like a whole backstory and everything, which I'm I'm just going to try to shoot through that. That really quickly. So, the first couple tidbits of trivia was that there's some NPC names that you all like, never, like, uh, cause you guys are like, didn't ask for anyone's names, cause why would you? That was stupid of me. Uh, the shark, shark man, hand hook, card or whatever. Uh, so his name was, was Hookshot, which was just the, boring monster name well, that's such a good transformers name
2: <laughs> it's a good transformers name
1: i found my calling um no and then the commander so there's three commanders right there was the german shepherd his name was francis Bacon, and then the fish guy was named uh levi genesis which is supposed to be like a pun on levi jeans i don't know why i thought so hard on these these people's names and then the bat guy was robbie battinson as in like robert pattinson who's you know batman now um, once again, boo. <laughs> I, I don't know why I've spent so much time on these people's names and then some kind of like other tidbit things. Like I had two more NPCs, like enemy NPCs that you guys like had never met. Um, they didn't even get mentioned. I don't, I don't even remember how I was going to put them in, but it just, we just ended up not touching on that. And then a bit more of behind the screen peek is that like the, the thing that made like the monster grow big. I don't remember if i specifically said it or if it, he was like under the water so you couldn't see but it was like he like chomped on a lollipop and the lollipop was actually made of unicorn blood um because that is oh, what like dark yeah that is actually yeah. <laughs> the magical source that like the exerim uh exerim imperium is trying to farm is that they're literally just kidnapping all these people um like the rangers and stuff and then there's like farming their blood for magic. So that, <laughs> that was kind of that whole thing. And then there's like the whole backstory with the Baroness who had the Violet Gem. Uh, she had just like disappeared 11 years ago and that was like the official story but actually she had gone on like this expedition with uh, Aurelia's dads to like investigate this m- mysterious meteorite. And like after that that encounter she had like went crazy and then like w- ran off uh, to, into like wherever and that was actually because the meteorite was like like a parasite, a, a, like an Exir parasite that had like mind controlled her, and so the whole reason this planet got like conquered and and was a target was because uh, this Baroness had it basically like led the Imperium to this to this planet, and that's kind of like uh, that's where like the Dark Rill had like betrayed the uh, the rangers and like killed the Violet person, and that's how they were able to transform was because they went to the. Um, overking and and met this baroness and the baroness was like hey yeah you can help us <laughs> damn i i over plan so much and that is truly my greatest weakness and i i need to calm down
0: <laughs> i think ziva has the coolest npc but bappy makes the coolest world <laughs> oh, yeah thank absolutely
2: you. i feel like you always You always put so much detail into your universes. (laughs) And so it always feels like, like we really are just getting a little glimpse of this like wider thing. Yeah, start writing, start writing supplements. Yeah,
1: uh, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I I think one thing I do want to get better at is like environmental storytelling in general, um, because I feel like I hint at a lot of stuff, but it never really gets super explained or like even it's hard to figure out, I guess what I'm getting at. When when I do that tour stuff, but um, but yeah, sorry, I, I I've already rambled a lot. Uh, moving on to the next question, you know, we went back and looked at some behind the screen peaks of stuff. What are things that you guys are looking forward to the most for our podcast?
0: Well, uh, first off, I'm just like really excited for the next set of chapters that are coming up. Oh, like- me too. Everything that we've played so far that hasn't aired yet, and so as of this recording, Henshin has just finished, and we have three completed games in in the works being edited, and all three of them are just so different and so cool, and I'm really excited for that. Yeah. But another thing I'm really looking forward to, I'm just gonna come out and say it, is uh, I've been working on like my own game design, and I am hoping to run one on this podcast eventually. I've seen
2: some of the stuff you're working on, and it's extremely cool, and I very much want to play it on the podcast, in fact.
0: <laughs> I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah, I have a game in playtesting right now, and it's still kind of a mess, but that's what playtesting is for. But it's been really fun anyway. What are you looking forward to, Bappy?
1: I, I mean, same thing as just like the finished chapters that we had. I'm super looking because it's like the Heroic Horde one, like that one just, that game just went really well, I feel like. Like, Cat's such a good GM.
0: Oh, cat's so good. Yeah,
1: and, and yeah. it was just, like, very cool, everything we did, and then the next one after that, like, tonally is so different from what we usually do, um, and I don't know, I'm I'm very interested to see how that ends up sounding, because I don't I think we did a really good job on that, but, you know, uh, I like to think we do a good job on, on everything we do. But, you know, I'm just curious to see just in comparison to previous things we've done.
0: I don't want to say yet what that game is, but I will just tease for everyone. It's going to be the first game we play without a GM.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, we get into some heavy stuff and, and I, I, it's really cool. Kind of, um, I think that sort of just the nature of the game involves a lot of the kind of meta plot that we have for the podcast. Um, and speaking of which, that, that is kind of another thing I'm looking forward to. We've, talked about it privately between ourselves but it's still something we're still building and I'm just really interested to see how we're going to build it further and uh, where we go with it you know with all the different guests we have uh, maybe we'll have you know all the guests kind of play a big part in the meta plot but that's all you know it's all brainstorm stuff but yeah that's the thing I'm super excited for I just I just really want to see where we take this uh, narrative while still playing all these different games. I'm also really excited to see how the meta
2: plot Evolves, even though we all have some like general ideas, the directions that we take it in all of our individual games um, has been kind of like a surprise. And so, when you hear us like reacting to things on the podcast, they are genuine reactions. We aren't like scripting and giving each other big heads ups about what's going to happen. And so, getting to play that and getting to make that is really fun. And I'm really excited to see both for you all to see what we've done so far in our next few chapters we've recorded, but also to see where it goes in the future. I'm also really excited not in. In the like broadcast uh, spectrum of the podcast, but in like the wider spectrum, I'm really excited for New Jersey Web Festival. Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. I'm like really, again, really honored that we've been chosen. And um, I'm, I'm like working my way through all the other podcasts that have been chosen as well. So so I'm really excited to like connect with that community and hopefully like um, meet some people and listen to some really interesting new audio fiction. And um, I just think it's like a really cool program. And I'm, I'm really excited to hopefully um, get to go but bare minimum get to interact with the wider podcast community and listen to some really cool stuff.
1: All right. So you know, kind of moving forward with that, like Uh, What we're looking forward to, um, maybe this is kind of a sad question, but would you guys ever consider like retiring our characters, the ones we have now, and starting new ones just as we continue with the Eternity Archives, I guess? Absolutely, yes.
0: Honestly. I guess uh, compared to a lot of people, like I get attached to my characters, but I'm also attached to like filling a satisfying arc for those characters and often that means like leaving them behind and moving on. And so I think like as Zen develops like through her arc, I think it's very conceivable that eventually we'll be saying goodbye and I'll be picking up someone else. It's not uh, near enough that I have like any sort of concept in mind, but I am not opposed to that, not averse to that, and um, honestly support it.
2: I have such mixed feelings about this question, because I love (laughs) Linda so much. (laughs) Genuinely, like when I started Linda as a character, I'm just like, who would be like a really interesting character? Who's someone who would just be like really different? And I sort of wrote her in that sphere of like, I like unconventional heroes. So I made a very unconventional hero, but I've like really fallen in love with, with Linda and with being Linda on the podcast. I do really think that if we reach like a satisfying end conclusion for Linda, I think that would be like a good time to let her live out her life in the library and start a new character. Um, I would really love to play like a spoiled um bratty like hot topic Wiccan teen like I'd love to play an edgy teen oh my oh gosh my God. <laughs> I really only play two characters and they're like sweet warm go team types and edgy shitty people <laughs> and I would love to play like an edgy teen one day but I would love to find a like natural conclusion for Linda and have a point where I'm like yes it is time but I think that's probably going to be pretty far in the future because I just love Linda so much i it's going to be a while before I'm willing to let her go <laughs>
1: Okay, so I have my own answer to this, and then I have a question for you, Ziva. So for me, I think I'm very similar to Dorka. Like, I get attached to my characters. I think, like, Reel's great. Reel's basically a, a different flavor of me. But, like, you know, I do, like, I want them to have a conclusion to sort of this part of their life. Um, and I know they're an adult, but it's kind of like an adult in, like, the millennial sense I mean, I guess they're more, but they're a Zoomer, but they're an adult, but they don't know what they want to do with their life. So it's kind of like a coming of age type story. And so I think for me, um, I don't have like a set ending for them, so like with Ziva and Linda, it's kind of like, I'm going to keep playing them until I sort of get to that natural point. But, you know, I want them to have an end. I want them to have a a point at at some point in the future where they can be like, okay, yeah, this, you know, I'm done with this chapter of my life. I'm going to go on and do whatever. And I mean, even like, like, this wouldn't be good radio, I feel like, but I would also be open to the idea of them dying in a game, you know, just to keep the stakes of uh, the games we play there. I'm not gonna go out of my way to try to kill them, but like, if that happens, I wouldn't be opposed to it either. And I know that's like not necessarily something people wanna think about, but for me, I, that that option's on the table for me as well. And then the question I had for Ziva was actually, so it sounds like Linda might be the one hanging around the longest. How's it gonna feel if you're like playing Linda and then me and Dorka have like two new characters?
2: That would also be sad is the problem, because I also really love Rel and Zen. And of course, it's still be you guys. So that helps, man. I don't know. I think I'm excited and curious to see how our characters and their relationships and their arcs evolve over time. And I think however that looks is going to be really interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'd be like bittersweet, right? Like, who's to say it's like with our characters, it's the end of their stories, but maybe like they still hang out in the library you know uh maybe they don't find a way to go back home necessarily or whatever
2: yeah they just cameo like elena the banana stand yeah exactly
0: but also i love the idea of like veteran archivist linda like getting to mother hen some like
1: new recruits oh my gosh oh yeah yeah she's like she starts the orientation program because like before that there was no orientation program
0: Since we are, like, it sounds like, all uh, waiting on, like, or holding off for, like, satisfying conclusions for our characters i think you know it's not like we're going to be replacing the whole cast all at once and i think that'll uh make for easier transitions if and when it does happen
1: yeah it's very like bittersweet too but it's also as i say maybe they stay in the library maybe they don't go back home but then i would like i realize like people who go back home and is it a shoe like get rid of their library you know duties don't they forget <laughs> we can on <retcon> that <laughs> Because that'd be so sad. But no, like Hazy was saying, she'd want to play like an angsty teen. Um, I think for me, I would want to play someone who is like the opposite of real, maybe like a really douchey, outgoing, like jock
2: type person. Oh, they get along so well with my angsty teen. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think it'd be really funny. Dorka and I played a session of I Came Here to Win. And one of my characters was like this college frat bro named Duncan who liked making donuts. And that was like his live stream was making the best donuts, which I had that named him Duncan on purpose. It wasn't until the other people were recording with were like, like Duncan donuts. And I was like, oh, shit, I did not even do that on purpose. But yeah, someone like that. I think this would be like really funny. But but yeah, I'd, I'd be open to it. Hopefully any characters we have in the future would be just as lovable. And, and hopefully we can continue our podcast to even have second characters and third characters and fourth and so on and so forth.
2: <laughs> so on that note, um, I wanted to go ahead and wrap up the episode by saying thanks so much, everyone, for listening and for supporting us with you know your, your tweets and your discords and your reblogs <laughs> and... Your your downloads and everything. um, And of course your financial support too. Um, We literally couldn't do this without you. We love making this show, but making this show matters a lot when there's an audience who also um, is listening and loves it. So just thank you everyone for being here with us over this past year. Making this show has been an absolute delight and I hope we can continue to do it for many, many years. I hope this is the first of several retrospectives. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: I just want to say that, like, this past year has, like, surpassed all of my expectations. Oh, yeah. And that's just been amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah, it's been wild. But yeah, yeah. Echoing the thank you. And, and thank you even to that one person who hates our podcast, but is still listening.
0: Thanks especially to you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Your
1: download still counts, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone. Uh, and we will see you next time.
0: Yeah, get ready for some heroic chord. Oh,
1: it's gonna be yeah. so good. Thank you bye 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 hi welcome to the game is afoot this is a podcast where queer guests i'm back baby
2: play games i pick my jaw up off the floor real quick <laughs> real quick, quick back on
1: and do an interview my secret is this is published on the first and third sunday of every month so come join us and i hope you have a good time bye
0: The Eternity Archives is hosted, produced, and edited by Dorca, Bappy, and Sipa. Find us on Twitter at, at @thearchivespod or online at theeternityarchives.com. Our intro music is Paint the Sky by Hans Adam, and sound effects are obtained from zapsplat.com. Check out our show notes for more information and some helpful resources. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to The Eternity Archives on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. Consider supporting us by telling your friends about us, or leave us a tip at our Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash archives Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Be gay. Roll dice!
1: An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.